Hi everyone, and welcome to the place where we discuss all things communication. This is Guide to Awesomeness, powered by Coldwell Banker, Ronan Realty. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Guide to Awesomeness. Today, I'm joined by Samantha Power. She's a busy mom of three prior to working as a mortgage agent for Rock Capital Investment. Uh, She was a collections officer for a well-known credit card company. She's been in the business now for almost eight years. She enjoys meeting new people all the time and being able to help them, whether they're first-time home buyers, repeat buyers, investors even people that are having trouble and struggling with uh, with making their financial needs and things like that. She she loves to help people get back on their feet and loves to see the excitement that people have when they're able to be successful within their investments. And a little fun fact that she gave me, which I, we're definitely going to be talking about because I need to hear more about this. She has her master's in dog training and has two large personal protection trained dogs. Samantha, thank you so much for joining me today. No problem. Thanks so much for having me on. So really, again, I think the first thing I've got to know is I've got to find out what this means. So your master's in dog training. Yes. So that was my life about 12 years or so, even more ago. Actually, it started in high school. I went and worked for a local dog breeder who had a ton of businesses when it came to dogs. And I fell in love with it. I did everything from bed bug detection with dogs to drug detection, search and rescue. I went out west and got my master's in dog training and then came back and fell in love with the protection part of it. So I have two dogs. I have a German Shepherd who unfortunately now is 14, but she was a feisty one. And then I have a Belgian Malinois who I did do some training and compete with in personal protection. And I just think it's pretty cool to have a dog that, you know, I don't have to be afraid of anything. I say bite Mm -hmm. and he's going to bite. Mind you, that is a liability and I do not recommend everybody has a dog like that. Nope, (laughs) definitely not. I know that I, you know, the dogs that I've had, they've been more docile, but in the sense we still, we would play fight Mm -hmm. in that sense. Like they wouldn't, they knew where the line was. They knew when to not and when to be calm with it and everything like that. And I think that's cool to know that dogs have that capability. They are, some people think that dogs aren't the smartest animals, but they they are and they understand a lot more than we think. They are incredibly intelligent animals. Mm-hmm. My dogs are the same. Like They are the greatest house pets. They are amazing with my kids. They're amazing with me. But if they were put up against something, I'm not too fearful. So. All right. Now that we've kind of talked about that, because again, I needed to know what this whole thing was about. I need to understand a bit more. I would like to just start off by just asking, what was it about being a mortgage agent? Like, what was it that drew you towards that? So my complete honest answer with that is I was pregnant with my twins and I wanted a career where I could work from home. And one of my good girlfriends is also a mortgage broker. And she said, you know, Sam, why don't you look into something like that? She worked completely from home. And at first I was like, no, I don't know if that's right for me. So I went and did the course anyways. And then funny enough, I did speak with Mark Ronan about going and getting my real estate license. And he was all gung ho for me for doing that. And then I sat back and a lot of the agents in Ronan Realty are my friends. Like I've grown up with some of them. I'm quite close with a few of them. And I sat there and thought to myself, you know, am I going to go up against my friends when it comes to business? Or do I get into something where I can get my friends to refer me business, which would be mortgages? So I was presented the mortgage 
agent course from a friend of mine and then the real estate with Mark. And I thought, "Mm, I'm going to go with mortgages. And I did. And I've never turned back. I think I made the right choice. And you know what, maybe down the line in the future, you'll decide to change, but that's, that's up to you. And really from what I've seen and what I've heard from other agents and things like that, that you do a good job, you enjoy the work you do. You seem to seem to enjoy doing the things that you're doing. We'll talk more about that uh, later on, but I can, can honestly say, I know I've heard Mark talk to other people about that before too. And I've heard other agents say the same thing. Mark is really good at trying to convince people to to get into real estate. And he's definitely, if if you're ever wondering whether you should, Mark is somebody definitely to talk to because he'll give you all the information. Absolutely. Mark obviously has built an incredible brokerage. I think I would have done quite well in real estate as well, but mm-hmm. I still am in that real estate business and I'm still associated with Mark and all of those agents as well. So I kind of got the best of both worlds, I'm going to say. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the first thing that people need to think about when they're looking at setting up a mortgage? The entire situation. It comes down to their employment. Are they employed? Are they self-employed? The kind of employment. Are they somebody who's guaranteed hours or not guaranteed hours? How long have they been at their job for? How long have they been self-employed for? They have to look at their debt. Are you carrying a ton of credit card debt or lines of credit? Are you carrying $1,200 a month car payments? Because a lot of people are. And then, yeah, just that overall scenario, your income, your debt, your savings, where you're getting your down payment from. It's a lot. And I'm sure with all of that information, it can sometimes be difficult to, I wouldn't say necessarily a struggle working with your clients and things like that, but there's sometimes it takes a lot of prying to get that information out and then understanding how to then relay that back to whoever it is that you're connecting with on the on the side of who's setting up that mortgage. Absolutely. So whether you're an employee somewhere or you're self-employed, everybody's situation is completely different. Nobody has the exact same situation. You know, somebody self-employed could have horrible credit or vice versa. Somebody employed could have horrible credit or self-employed could have amazing credit. There's so many different scenarios. So just all of that information, you don't leave anything out with us and we figure out where it goes and what lender it goes to and what your best options are. And it's nice to know that there are people like that because I know I can think of people, you know, part of an earlier generation that wouldn't have really thought about the idea of doing that kind of stuff, right? Oh, I'm just going to go to the bank and show up suit and tie and I'm going to hope for the best. And if I don't get it, I'm going to walk away. Absolutely. So you're absolutely right. There is previous generations where and I can say that I was even raised this way. When you are little and you open up your first bank account, which is the most exciting thing in the world, you are taught that you go to the bank for that. You are taught mm-hmm. that you go to the bank and that's where your you know your bank accounts are and you watch mom and dad go to the bank and since we've all been little it's been that's where you've been taught. You invest your money at the bank, you get your money at the bank, you put your money at the bank, so the bank just seems naturally like the only option when it comes to mortgages, but as everybody has progressed over the years, they have quickly realized that the bank is not and should not be your only option when it comes to obtaining a mortgage. And what would you say is the majority of your demographic of clients? I know you talk about the fact that you have different types of clients, but where would you say the majority of them are coming from? I work with every, I'm going to say age group and where they come from. Word of mouth is huge for me. I've built up quite the referral system now. So I'm very, very grateful for all of my past clients who 
refer family and friends to me, to my real estate agents that I work closely with. They're amazing for sending clients my way. Lawyers. But really, like my biggest thing now would be my word of mouth. And then just recently, and I know we're going to get into this shortly, social media. Mm-hmm. I've taken quite the approach on social media where I'm a little bit more straightforward than others, I could say. And I find that a lot of people like that because when it comes to mortgages and stuff, the vast majority of people don't understand them. And I've been able to break things down, I right? Don't. Like, it doesn't matter if you're young or you're older, if you're buying your first house or you're buying, you know, your 10th house. I've worked with people who are in their 60s that I have completely shocked with mortgage information. I've had clients come to me from from banks and I've broken things down to them and they're just mind blown that they were never explained things in layman terms. When you read mortgage documents, they are a lot of big words that a lot of people don't understand. And the average person is not a mortgage broker and they don't work in finances. So they don't understand what a lot of that means. And they just trust whoever they're with and they sign here and sign there. And I'm starting to break things down in a lot more simple terms and people really appreciate it. So I'm getting a lot of, I'd say, clients from just my honesty and Mm -hmm. being easy to speak to and getting people to understand certain things. And I think that's that's an important factor with any part of business, right? If if you're using a lot of the jargon and the words that are always constantly used within the business and you're not going to give that experience to your clients, right? You have to look at it from their perspective. And I think it's Again, you know, I say it all the time on these podcasts that they all seem to tie together because we talk about empathy and we talk about the being on in their perspective and the understanding your clients and all of those kind of things always get brought up. And I think, you know, no matter what business you're in, that's still the key factor. Absolutely. Your house, whether it's your first or your third or your fifth, it is generally your largest investment in your life, right? It is the largest loan that you generally take out in your lifetime. And I think that it's super important to understand all aspects of that loan, given that it is the largest investment you are making. Exactly. And I think this ties into the next question really well. Uh, What advice do you have based on your experience for those looking into setting up a mortgage? Advice? Reach out to a mortgage broker if you're... And actually, let me backtrack on that a little bit. If you are somebody who is super comfortable with your bank, go to your bank and see what they say. And then reach out to a mortgage broker and see what they say and just see the difference in what you're being offered. All mortgages are not the same. There is so many different types of mortgages that people aren't aware about. And I think that having the option to explore is very important. So if you are somebody who is, you feel like you're very dedicated to your bank, give them an option. Let them show you what they have available to you, but then don't cut yourself short. Go reach out to a mortgage broker who also has many more options than what your bank does and more times often than not can place you in a much better product than what your bank can. That's fair. I and again, you know, it's it's going to the experts, right? It's going to those people that that have like you said they have more more at their disposal, they have more options for you, they have more opportunities. Like I said, it's the largest investment you have generally. It's the largest loan that you have. And you should be making sure that you're being put in the right product. And maybe your bank is that right product. But look at all your options and make an educated decision on that product before you take it. Definitely. So you not only communicate to your clients, but you also communicate on behalf of your clients. 
how does that communication differ and what would you say makes you awesome at it? So I tell all of my clients everything that I find out. I find out the most personal things about people from the amount of income they make to their credit and credit bureaus seem to scare a lot of people. They think, you know, oh my God, she's going to see my credit and they think, you know, she's going to judge me for it. And I don't because I can tell you that I have seen every credit bureau I think available. I have seen the worst credit to the absolute best credit. I understand, actually, I should say we all do. All mortgage brokers understand that life happens. Sometimes your credit takes that hit because life has happened. So I tell clients to tell me everything. There's no filter when it comes to what you have gone through or why you have gone through things and why you're in the state that you're currently in. If you're somebody who has damaged credit right now from a a bad life experience, you tell me everything. You don't keep anything out. I'm the one that decides what I have to tell my lenders or what I don't have to tell my lenders. But as long as there's an open book of communication between my clients and I, that sets my clients up for honestly, the greatest experience with me, my lenders, and the best product that they need. So open lines of communication between the two of us, myself back and forth with my clients, myself back and forth with my lenders, and my clients being, you know, an open book with me and letting me in on, I'm going to say some of their deepest, darkest secrets, because everybody has a story. And generally, if I have to explain something to a lender, I need to know a story, especially if there was, you know, past credit issues or job interruptions, we understand life happens. So, And I think that's important for our listeners to hear, right? Not only in the sense of, you know, working in mortgages and things like that or working in finance. I mean, understanding your clients and knowing their story, no matter what business you're in, even if it's in retail, can sometimes make the difference. Absolutely. Right. Let's say, you know, you run a restaurant, you have somebody that comes in all the time consistently and then something happens you know about their story and you know their life and you know that you can talk to them and find out what's going on and, and help help them with within your own business as well. Right. And I will say like a ton of my clients, I have seen clients become first time home buyers, And then I've been with those clients. I mean, almost for the past eight years, I've seen some of my clients grow their families. I've seen, unfortunately, some of my clients lose spouses. I've seen divorces. I've seen a lot, but Mm -hmm. knowing their stories from the beginning and being able to work with them throughout the years for all of their life changes is super important. What you did five years ago or what we set you up in five years ago is going to be greatly different than what the next chapter of your life holds. You know, as a first time home buyer of just, you know, husband and wife to now a family of five, life changes. So staying up to date with my clients is super, super important for me. And it's actually kind of cool seeing all the life changes and how they've grown and what they've started from, you know, a a small two-bedroom townhouse to now these huge detached properties or clients who have bought their investment properties who I've been with all along the way. It's pretty cool. And I'm sure it's not always easy to get that information. I'm sure it's, it sometimes can be like pulling teeth at times, right? Sometimes, yeah. Especially I find, well, in our local area, I find it a little bit easier because I'm I'm quite well known and I've been in Mm -hmm. the area for quite some time. And I find that our smaller towns are a little bit more trusting. But when I get the clients that are out of town, they're a little bit more skeptical until I have the chance to really sit down and talk with them and and make them feel comfortable. and, And then it comes out. Making your clients feel comfortable, making whether it's, you know, your clientele in 
in finance or it's whatever it is you're doing, I think that's an important takeaway from this message is being comfortable around your clients, making them feel comfortable, getting their stories and hearing what's what's going on in their lives, being a part of their lives, I think is is crucial in creating good business and and lasting relationships and things like that. Yes. So we're going to get into it. And I, I think this is going to be the bulk of our conversation. One thing I would like to say is congratulations on the the numbers that you've been seeing on TikTok alone. <laughs> I think it's incredible to see that we're right now, we're only seeing, you know, maxing out less than four or 5,000 views on a video. And I think it, to see, what was it, 80 some odd thousand on one of your, your videos not that yes, long ago? Yes. Some of them, yeah, I have one that has made it over 80,000. And then I have the others. Some are 20,000, 30,000. And then I have some that are, I don't know, 500. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, TikTok, which at the beginning of the pandemic, my now 10-year-old daughter was obsessed with this TikTok thing. And I remember thinking like, this thing is the most ridiculous app I've ever come across. And mm-hmm. I used to go on there the odd time and check out the videos. And that, back then, that was everybody doing the dances during the beginning of, of the pandemic, right? Yep. And really, I didn't start TikTok until this year, like the beginning of January. And I thought I would give it a try. And it has worked out very well for me. And I think it goes back to, one, not everybody is educated on mortgages, but a lot of people have a mortgage and they're not educated on it. And I, again, am very straightforward with my information on my TikToks. And I'm also, I simplify things so people understand it. And I get a lot of appreciation for that. Definitely. And it, and again, it depends on the business. We're not here to say that TikTok's going to work for everyone. I always say that, especially with our agents, when we try and talk to them about it, it is not for everyone. It is not for everyone's clientele. It is not for everyone's type of market. It's not for everyone's business, but there's no harm in trying it. If it's not something that's really putting you out of the, it's not out of the way for you to do, giving it a try to see what happens is definitely worth it because you'll never know what could happen from something, right? Whether it's, you know, you don't use Instagram or you don't use Twitter or you don't use TikTok or you, you know, you don't do a podcast or you don't do video content. Just trying it to see what it does is definitely worth the effort. Absolutely. And like I said, I do a lot of more simple terms when it comes to the real estate agents. I see some really good videos out there of people marketing their listings and stuff. Now I can say how our market has been the last little while for an agent, for a real estate agent to go and upload a video on TikTok and do the editing because it, I can tell you it takes time. Mm-hmm. With how hot the market was, there was no point in uploading those videos before because the house sold in multiple offers yeah. before that video you know, saw 100 people on TikTok. But one piece of advice to anybody looking on TikTok is do something different than just what everybody else is doing. And break it down in simpler terms for people and be a little bit more straightforward with things. And I think people, the general population really, really appreciate that and keeping it. Definitely. You are a a human being. And that's another thing that I pride myself on when it comes to my clients is, you know, you're not going to come to me and I'm going to be in a suit and I'm going to sit there and be all prim and proper with you. That's not me. I am who I am and I am a human and people appreciate that that they feel like they're talking to somebody who I have a life. I have three kids. I, 
My life doesn't revolve just around mortgages. Is it a big part of my life? 100% it is. But a huge part of my life is my three kids. Mm -hmm. Clients will call me. I need help. Sorry. I'm in the hockey arena right now watching a hockey game with my son. And people appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And I, I think, you know, being real, which once again, it ties back to, to other podcasts that I've had on before. It's so cool. I know I'm kind of rambling here, but it, I find it so interesting when all of these things start to kind of click and come together and everybody brings in their own piece of it or their own perspective from it, but it still all ties into the same things again, right? Empathy, being real, being mm -hmm. true to who you are, being the best version of yourself in order to best serve your clients or best serve your industry or whatever the case. And I think marketing has become this new sort of big picture thing that people need to realize that there's all these different avenues and opportunities to just just try different things and being honest to what you want, honest to your brand, being part of a story within your clientele's lives is going to create the best business for you. Absolutely. I really appreciate obviously you being here with me today to, to talk about this. I know we're only joining virtually and I think it's we've only actually met in person once. So once. Mm -hmm. I think it'll it'll be great to start seeing some more collaboration. I know you're working with some of our agents already. Yeah. And um, I know you just recently had uh, an event with the Hummel team I for an Easter egg hunt. I sure did. And I know that you work with one of our agents, Madison Dombrowski, mm -hmm. on a lot of video content and stuff because she's one of our newer agents looking to do more social media content. Is there anything really that you would say has not worked for you when it comes to your marketing? Anything specific? <sighs> No, not really. I'll no. be completely honest. When I first started in mortgages, I started off with Facebook. I created a Facebook page and I was incredibly active on it. Uh, and I used to get a ton of business off of Facebook. And then it was the middle of last year of 2021 that I decided to jump on the Instagram bandwagon, which is odd looking back because I've been on Instagram personally forever, but I never, ever really took it for a business until last year. And I created my Instagram page and I was quite active on that as well. I'm not so much active on my Facebook page anymore. A lot of my stuff that I share on Instagram posts to my Facebook page automatically, but I mm -hmm. can't say that I'm putting as much work into my Facebook page as I used to. So I find I've just changed with, with the times when it comes to social media. You know, I started off on Facebook when I started eight years ago, Facebook was really the most popular thing for social media. Yep. And then I was really late to the Instagram page, which my Instagram page does okay. But again, I'm not pouring a ton of time into it anymore because I feel like TikTok has now taken off. Now, that being said, I still mm -hmm. am active on my Instagram page. So when it comes to social media, I would say all three avenues, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok have worked for me. I just feel like I've had to change with the times and adapt to what platform is becoming more popular at those times. So. Mm -hmm. But that being said, I don't think that everybody should just give up on things that are no longer working. Like, am I pulling business off of Facebook a lot anymore? No, I'm not. That being said, there's a ton of my clients that go into those Facebook mom groups and post my name for recommendations when people are asking. So having that page there is still super important. Yeah, I think just changing with the times has been my my best avenue for referrals and leads. Mm -hmm. Definitely. That's something that we see. I know for, for myself within this business, I mean, I only had Facebook up until I got into this industry. Mm 
Mm-hmm. I was only using Facebook and I never posted anything. I didn't have a reason to uh, through college. I hated doing posts and stuff like that on social media. When I was on council, we had a staff member that did all that work. So I didn't have to worry about any of that. And then I started in this industry and got going into this marketing side of things. And that's when I finally set up an Instagram account. You know, I have I have a personal Instagram account that's for my martial arts stuff that I don't post anything for. I have one that's linked with the Ronin Realty account. And then I also have access to our brokerage one. Same with TikTok. I mean, I have TikTok accounts, but I never I never post any of my own content. It's just the work I do for the brokerage. But it's the same thing. It's it's an opportunity to try new things with and grow with the times. And that's what I always try and say to the agents. It's not it's not that you have to do it. If you choose you don't want to do it, and it's not going to work for your clientele, then that's okay. But there's still the opportunity there and we're here to help do that. And and I think for for any business that has a team of doing stuff, making sure that you're keeping up to date with the new things that are happening, but still don't forget about the other ways of of marketing. Don't forget about the other ways of communication because mm-hmm. they still work. They it's do. just there's opportunities now to do something else. There is. And I mean, if we look at our older generations, are they all over TikTok? I'm going to say no, but you'll be surprised. There is some on there. Mm-hmm. But those generations, they appreciate the phone calls more, right? They appreciate yep. the pop buys, the the random stop-ins with a coffee and just to say hi. They love that. Looking at the generations mm-hmm. now, to think of them answering a phone call, they're like, no way. Like they see their phone mm-hmm. calls and they hit, you know, what's up by a text message. They'll appreciate yep. a text better or, you know, seeing you on social media because let's be honest, we spend a ton of time on social media nowadays. We do. Don't give up on trying different avenues of social media. But if you have a clientele, you know, that would prefer you to pop by or just a phone call, that's not dead. Mm-hmm. That's not over. People still appreciate that kind of stuff. And I think that's super important to remember, too, that it's not just all social media anymore. We are humans. And there is humans out there that would prefer the phone calls or the pop buys or just a simple note in the mail. Like when was the last time I've just actually started doing this and I was guilty of this. When was the last time you received like a a handwritten note in your mailbox? I mean, sometimes I will admit there's the uh, the different ones that come in from some of the religious groups and things right. like that that I know are handwritten. But other than that, but from that's, somebody that yeah, you know, I, like honestly, no. you don't get them. You go check your mailbox no. and it's either exactly what you said, a handwritten note from religious groups but that's not people you know. No. And it's bills or it's some kind of marketing thing. Handwritten notes and I've just really stepped up my game with this go a long way. Just a hey, happy Easter. Hope all is well with you and the family. I'm sending those out now. I sent family day ones out. I did pop buys for family. I still do all that kind of stuff. I stop and see clients with random things throughout the year. But when I sent out family day cards, I had clients call me and personally thank me. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, I'll 100% admit, even though, you know, I'm I'm 26 years old, I am 112 years old <laughs> on the inside. Yeah. I still call people all the time. I would prefer to talk to them over the phone. I call my wife when I'm at the grocery store instead of sending her a text message and she hates so, it. But that's how that's how I work. I can say the same thing. I'm young and I am generally a texter or a social media person. I am on my phone all the time. My boyfriend hates it. And he will call me the same way. He'll call me during the day just to chat. And I'll be like, 
what do you want? <laughs> like, why are you calling me? And he's like, what, you can't answer your phone just to talk? And I'm like, just text me. Or a perfect example is my dad. My dad can text, but he doesn't. He will call me. Mm-hmm. And that's not a problem. Okay, call me when you need to ask me a question or whatever. But if I miss that call, my dad will leave a voicemail. And I despise voicemails. If I don't answer my phone, send me a text message. But going back to like my dad's generation, it's all phone calls. They prefer phone calls and voicemails. And mm-hmm. I'll call my dad back without listening to his voicemail. And he'll be like, well, did you listen to my voicemail? No, dad, I didn't. What do you want? And he's like, well, I explained what I wanted in my voicemail. <laughs> yeah, I do that too. And then I, I wonder, why didn't you listen to the yeah. voicemail I sent you? I called you and left you a voicemail. You have a voicemail. Why didn't you listen to it? <laughs> yeah. So I am guilty of that as well. As much as I'm sitting here preaching being human, I think it goes back to knowing your clientele. Like my dad is not the type of guy that sits on TikTok and would ever get a, a mortgage broker off of TikTok or Instagram or Facebook. He doesn't have any of it. He's the kind of guy that, you know, lasting impressions. This person did my mortgage and stayed in touch with me through snail mail, through picking up their phone and calling me. There's so many different avenues of creating business and maintaining your relationships. So before we go, I have three questions for you that I'd like to ask that I ask everybody that I speak with. Is that okay? Yep. So first question, what is something you do or use to ensure that you are always striving to work productively? Oh boy. I am old school in the fact that I have a day planner and I schedule out. It is the messiest thing and I hate messy writing, but this thing keeps me on track. And I am not a person that likes Excel spreadsheets. Believe it or not, somebody who's in a profession of math, I don't like the Excel spreadsheets. I don't like sitting at my computer and looking at my to-dos. I would much rather have it in a fancy day planner in front of me that literally has everything in it that I need to do. I have it color coordinated and all of that stuff, but that's been a huge, I sound like I'm aging myself, but my day planner, my handwritten day planner is super important for me. I write everything on sticky notes. Every time like somebody tells me something, I'm writing on a sticky note and then it's just sitting on my desk somewhere. It's stuck on something wherever I need to see it. And I find that so much easier. Because then when I'm done with it and I know that it's done, I can just throw it out and I can forget about the fact that I had to do it because I've, I've done right. it. What is one habit that has transformed your life? Working out. It has been a big stress reliever for me. And I find it just gives me, whether it's a half an hour workout or an hour workout, it gives me an avenue to just release stress or going for a drive. Two of those things. I tend to bottle things up and I hold a lot of my stress. And then one day I just explode, which is really, really bad. So working out has been a huge, it just releases everything for Mm -hmm. me. So definitely. Are you more of a cardio or do you do more of a muscle building, weight training? Yeah, a little bit of both. I have a trainer that does, it's a CrossFit trainer. Mm -hmm. So it's a bit of both, but definitely into more of the weights. I hate cardio. Or into like Mm -hmm. the weights, but cardio is definitely high intensity weight training. Yeah. Yeah, Cardio's in there. I despise Mm -hmm. it, but it does the job. It's the worst. Yeah. Um, Final question. And this is usually the one that's a bit more of a stumper and it makes people think, but the odd time we get, you know, those quick shot answers. If you could write a chapter in the guide to awesomeness, what would the title be? Stop comparing yourself to the Joneses. I like that. Be you, be true to who you are. 
don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Um, yeah, I like that. And I think everybody's story is different. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a great note to end on because it kind of encapsulates everything we've talked about, right? With the idea of how you're doing your marketing to my career in general, career in general, right? Setting up your, your own life and being a part of who you are and being true to who you want to be. And using that information and that understanding of you to then draw that out of your clients, right? Be true to what they need and fit their comfortable nature and, and being a part of their lives will help create better business for you. Thank you so much for joining me today, Samantha. I, I appreciate you being on today. And before we go, is there any, anything you'd like to add or any note you'd like to make for ways that people can reach out to you or hear more about your story, anything like that? Well, I'll start off by saying thanks for having me. I was really, really nervous about this, but I actually got a lot more comfortable during it. And when it comes to reaching out to me, you'll obviously find me all over social media. You type in mortgages with Samantha Power or mortgages with power and, and I'm all over that. So you can reach out to me that way. Send me a message or I will answer your phone calls if you call me. <laughs> Just don't leave me a voicemail. <laughs> Don't leave Samantha a voicemail. Send don't a forget, text. everybody, all of you listeners, send her a text message if you don't get her on the phone right away right. or else she'll she'll make you very upset because she won't listen to the voicemail. Thanks so much, Samantha. No problem. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts to keep up to date with the awesome people and awesome things we talk about. This is Jonah reminding you to be awesome today and be even more tomorrow.